All right. That's JB's Driving Podcast. That is uh, copyright-free music that we're using for the intro now. That's where we're at. Uh, Jim with Paul, Tom, producer Tom, worked on that. It's very good. Uh, Sorry we're late with uh, producing this as well. Um, Real life got in the way. Somebody had a problem in their briefs. I did. But he saw the doctor and he's doing much better. I'm doing much better. So, and... uh, but yeah, we are we are back here. We are. Uh, this is the first um, was it action movie March, and each March we're going to be showcasing an action movie star. This month we we chose in the last episode under siege, we chose to do Steven Seagal, the great <coughs> Steven Seagal. So that's who we're covering today. We have above the law. Next week we're doing uh, Hard to Kill. One thing that's one movie I can't wait to um, get to. A lot of on that, but we are stuck with uh, the 1988 Above the Law. Uh, before we get started, um, any any uh, thoughts on uh, Under Siege? What we did last week? Uh, well, it's been two weeks, but um, whatever. No. <laughs> whatever. No would be my answer to that. Okay. Tom? Any thoughts on Under Siege? No thoughts. No thoughts. She had nice tits. Beautiful, beautiful That nice seemed tits. to be the consensus going around um, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, Erica Leniak of Baywatch and, of course, Under Siege and the birthday cake. I really don't feel like that's a, that's a thought. It's more of a... A reality? Feeling? Yeah, it's definitely a feeling. <laughs> I'm starting to feel it a little bit right now. Man, I can't wait to get to the next movie. Fucking. <laughs> hard to kill, man. Well, not, no, wait. What, I can't remember. Above yeah, it's hard to kill. It, we're doing Above the Wall today. Okay, then, so it's hard to kill. Okay, I can't. Yes. They're all, they all have like three words in the title. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's kind of a staple. And it's all, it's all Steven Seagal kicking ass. So I figure, I figure. I figure that what we're going to discuss before we get, you know, we're going to showcase action movie stars. Yes. And I figure we talk about Stephen Frederick Seagal. Okay. Who was born in born on April 10th of 1952 in East Lansing, Michigan. I did not believe I cannot believe he is that old. That is startling. He, he is a 7th Dan black belt in Akio. And Aikido. He's got the boots to match. He, he does. He does. Um, he began his adult life as a martial arts instructor in Japan, becoming the first foreign to operate an Aikido dojo in the country. I'm triggered by that word, foreign. Foreign. Are we allowed to say <laughs> that these days? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, so a non-American-based? Yeah, he was foreign in Japan. <laughs> Not He's Japanese. a foreigner. He's a foreigner mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. I guess that's okay. He's the. Uh, I don't know, do, are Asians white in this scenario? It, that depends. I don't know. Is it out? Japan or China? <laughs> Where the fuck was he? Japan. He went oh, to Japan. Japan. Okay. Japan. Ja- this is Aikido. <laughs> is the intersectionality checkers game rules. Right. Karate. <laughs> Karate and is Japan. 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 Right. What's China? China is not Japan. Hong. They they China have kung is fu. Not Japan. That is correct. no no no. China's got kung fu. And what else? Wing Chun. Eh, just tonight, though. Right. Yeah. So, so he was the son of a medical technician and a high school mathematics teacher. Sweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
uh, of course, uh, they relocated to the U.S. after they was born in, uh, in wherever the hell he was born. Does that mean he can never be president? Well, you said he was born in Michigan. He was. I don't know why it says this. Because they're wrong. When he, when, he, when he moved, when he was five years old, he moved with his parents to California uh, because he was frail and suffered from asthma. Well, I think what they're saying is people from Michigan can't be president. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. He attended uh, Bainham Park High School. He is <laughs> completely <laughs> undeterred. And he doesn't give a fuck. We're not making a comedy show this week. It is He's informational only. right now. <laughs> as, he st- as a teen, he spent much time in his garage listening to loud rock music. However, it was where working with his old Japanese man at a dojo that he was encouraged to visit Japan. Oh. Now, i got to be honest with you. I don't know how much of this is true. I don't know. Because after researching Steven Seagal, whom I'm a big fan of, very big fan of Steven Seagal, uh, I think half his stuff is bullshit. Yeah, I, I, I think that a couple of the articles I read said that you cannot confirm, like, half of his bio. Yeah. Well, half of this has sounded like the plot to Bloodsport. Yeah. Well, you but know. Of course, that was a guy. That was also about a guy who you can't confirm anything with either. Yeah, Jean Claude. I don't even know where he was born. He's going to be our no, no, next no. feature. Uh, Frank Dukes, the guy with that that Bloodsport was about. Oh, Bloodsport. People Sport, said okay. he, that he made right. up half that shit too. But but that was Jean Claude in the movie, right? In the movie, yes. That was, yeah, so okay. we next March will be Jean Claude Van Damme. We have to wait a whole year. We're gonna <laughs> yes, <laughs> action movie March. Yeah. <laughs> it's where it's at, right? It, it, dude, this is action movie every month. I Man. mean, we, we constantly do action movies. It's, it's fine. Yeah, this is the special one. Yes. It's special. fine. Let's see here. Seagal moved to Japan at some point between 1971 and 1974. <coughs> Records. S- somewhere in those three years. <laughs> he moved Whatever. There. By 1974, he returned to California. What the hell? <laughs> so he either spent... Four years in Japan, or could you imagine him visit it for a week? <laughs> <laughs> he was just sitting in the in a corner of a room with the moonlight coming down, singing somewhere. He is a singer. Well, he probably went over to Japan like oh, these people speak too much Japanese. They claim, well, he claimed there's apparently an article where he claimed he was part Japanese. Uh, that year he met. I don't Mi- think so. My Mayako <laughs> Fujitani. A second-degree black belt and daughter of Osaka Aikido master who had come to Los Angeles to teach Aikido. When Miyake, Mi, Miyako returned, returned to Osaka, Siegel went with her. You think you'd That's, be better at pronouncing Japanese words? I, I should be. <laughs> I'm not surprised he went with her. Japanese should have had your brother-in-law over here to pronounce the words for you. Yeah, I should have. Uh the following year, they married. They had a son, Kentara, and a daughter, Ayako. Now, Ayako is apparently like a famous actress or something like that. Now, I'm not even sure if he's the real father, but it doesn't matter. Was, what, what, was she on Iron Chef? No, that was uh, <clears throat> Chen Kenichi. Uh, he taught at a school owned by Miyako's family, uh, though he is often stated to have been the first non-Asian to open a dojo in Japan. <laughs> All right. There you go. Sure. Uh Let's see, he initially returned to the Tayas, New Mexico. This is really important stuff here. The open Aikido Dojo. So you open an Aikido Dojo in, in, in California. Well, of course it is, because the entire beginning of Above the Wall is just pictures of his life. That's right, like legitimate pictures of his yes. life where he's talking about it. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, 
the the audience is completely entrenched in this as this much is, as we this are. I mean, this is this is this is mesmerizing. This it little is. intro, which we're going to be doing action movie march every year next year, is going to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, good. We're covering Steven Seagal this yeah. month. So we want to yeah. stay away from Schwarzenegger and his, you know, <coughs> Hitler youth. Yeah, we're not going to be covering that until uh, 2023. Actually, sure. Schwarzenegger will be featured After in, in 2024. Okay. Um, and Stallone will be featured somewhere around then as well. Action movie March. Mm. Better than Pussyfoot in April. Well, we feature a bunch of left-wing actresses. Pussyfoot in April. Jane Fonda being our first. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Seagal left his wife in charge of the dojo. No, I'm sorry. He left uh, his partner in, in charge of the dojo. He just left his wife. Just left his whatever. <laughs> well, he did because he's partner, married like wife, five times. Whatever doesn't matter. Oh, this is great. I don't. Again, I don't know if this is this is uh, this is true or not. Seagal helped train Brazilian mixed martial artist Lyota Machida, who credited Seagal for helping him perfect the front kick that he used to knock out Randy Couture in Sweet. May of 2011. Well, if you found it on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> again, I can either. Cannot confirm or, or deny, deny that, that that is that is in <laughs> fact a, a a real what happened. Yeah, that made sense. So, are we at the movie yet, or <laughs> are we still oh. in this oh. background? We're just about there. What what year are we at? We we are in 1987. Which oh, okay, that's the, that's the year they were actually filming this movie. The production. The production. In 1987, Seagal began work on his first film, Above the Law, titled Nico in Europe, with director Andrew Davis. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we are in terms of the time frame. As you said, he he went over to Japan for three or four a week, married some woman over there, had some kids, came back here, then went back over there. Um, uh, Steven Seagal is also a famous singer as well. Yeah. Um, in 2005, he released his first album, Songs from the Crystal Cave. I think we we covered this under siege, but that's okay. <coughs> Which was a mix of pop, world, country, rap, and blues. Rap? <laughs> Holy uh, fuck. I may have or may not wow. have inserted that. Yeah, I don't think rap is one of them. It, it features duets with famous people like Tony Rebel, Lady Saul, and Lieutenant Stitchy. Dude, I don't know about his voice. Like, his voice is okay, but his guitar playing is above average. The soundtrack not, to the you know, sequel not great. 2000 film... He plays a lot of fucking country music. Which Into is slow the Pantry anyway. features several songs from the album. One of his album tracks. Is there no commentary <laughs> this week? Is it just dra- direct fucking data? You know, bluegrass is a lot faster on guitar. Is it? <laughs> that kind of shit? Uh, sure. <laughs> One got of those steel guitars. <laughs> just, never mind. One of his. <laughs> One of his album tracks, Girl, It's Right. Girl, It's All Right, Just Don't Tell Anybody That We're Doing This. Oh, Jesus Christ. was also released as a single. Girl, It's All Right. It's okay that you're 13. Just don't tell anyone. That's like Bruce Springsteen's entire career. (laughs) (laughs) Siegel's second album titled Mojo Priest was was released uh, April 2006. Was a director from uh, Rosemary's Baby? What's his name? I forgot again. Subsequently, the pedophile. I'm, not, I'm not the movie Rain Man here. The, pedo- the pedophile. The one that, that's not allowed back in the country. Because which, he's which one? Oh, Roman Polanski? Roman Polanski. Roman, Roman yeah, Polanski. That's the one. 
Uh, he wrote that song directly for Roman Polanski. They're all pedos. What are you talking about? Seagal's second album titled Mojo Priest. Oh, we already covered that. Subsequently, he spent the summer of 2006 touring various parks in the United States and Europe with his band Thunderbox. Because Sex Priestess was already taken. Support of the album. What's a synonym? Uh, Mojo sounds good. Mojo Priest. Works for me. They'll never find out. Pastor of the sex. (laughs) Sex pastor. Woo! Sorry. In 2000... Uh, It's it's impossible to riff against myself. It's just not working fucking... Pastor of the pasture. You know, it's like just talking to myself. I'm trying. You are just talking to yourself. Go ahead. Spit it out, son. In 2005, it's a fucking movie review. And I just gotta get Action Movie Monday. This 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 month we're covering uh, Steven Seagal. Actionless beginning. <laughs> we're co- Action Movie March. We're covering Steven Seagal this year. Next year we'll be covering Jean Claude Van Damme. Fucking hell, dude! Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> well, at least he's consistent. At least he's it. Next year we're covering Stars to Stallone. Wait, what did you just? I, I don't. I don't care. Seagal has an extensive sword collection and once had a custom gun made for his Jelly of the Month Club. He owns... I thought you were going to say a custom gun for his sword. For his month. <laughs> custom gun made for him once a month. That cool Final Fantasy gun sword thing yes. going. But he was the inspiration for that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a... Here we go. Here we go. He owns... Uh, a dude ranch in Colorado, a home in Mandeville Canyon section of Los Angeles, and a home in Louisiana. He's a cop in Louisiana. Yes. He's also a Buddhist. Well, since you brought that up, uh, I did watch several episodes of Steven Seagal Lawman. Oh, you did? Yes, to prepare. Because I wanted to, I really wanted to beat it up. I really did. Uh-huh. Honestly, it's, you know, it's kind of like cops, but Steven Seagal's in it. And he kind of knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> it, it, you know, he's a very good shot. Like, he's an excellent marksman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not Did he bullshit. shoot anybody? Did he shoot anybody? No, he didn't shoot. Ah. Not in the episodes I watched. I only watched the first four because I gave up on it because it was like, it dude, was more, this more. is just Can like. Can you do that on TV? Like, tops. Like, actually shoot a person? He did try to chase somebody one time. That was a fucking mistake. Have you seen him run? Dude, we're going to get into him <laughs> running. Don't even fucking steal my thunder on his running. I'm not. I'm going to set you up. But I'm just saying, we'll have to wait till the fucking movie for that. But he did try to run somebody down, and it was just a mistake because he just doesn't. He does. He can't run anymore at all. Not that he ever really could, but. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while. He's hefty. And You're the, so generous. The, the best part about it is is he's sitting there and he's trying to talk his way through what's going on because he's a part-time uh, sheriff. Yes. So he's actually in charge of fucking people. He's also a seventh Dan Aikido Oh, who expert. gives a fuck? I'm talking about Lawman here. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, he's he, also a CEO of Seagal Enterprises. I was unaware. owns homes in Colorado, Los Angeles, and Louisiana where he is You also. already said that. He's a cop. Keep going. Okay, so nothing. Uh, you can't make fun of it. How can a Buddhist be a cop? Interesting. Interesting. Because he is a Buddhist. Well, that plays into his later movies. According to my research here, my extensive research on uh, Steven Seagal action movie March, next year we'll be doing John claude Van Damme. Oh, fuck off. <sighs> you know, honestly, how can anyone 
uh, anyone be uh, that's religious be a cop? Because really, it goes. I mean, if you look at fundamentalism and every every religion that's uh, on the books today, like Buddhism or Christianity or Judaism or whatever, it they're all non. They all tend to be nonviolent. And that was our weekly religious <laughs> corner with Tom. Thank you for that, Tom. Very good insights that you're providing there. So maybe he's just as much a I Buddhist. I appreciated what you had to co- offer there, Tom. <laughs> I'm with you this Western week. Western Buddhism. In Somebody over here just wants to fucking offend all of us. Okay, so yeah, above February, the wall. February 1997. Hold on. Hold on, then we can get to above the wall. He's Dude, 97 is after the fucking movie. Oh, you're right. We can't We can't talk about that. Let me see if there's any other information I have here. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Ni- what happened in 97? 97 is above the movie. Other than his career was <laughs> completely over. Hmm. Let me see. Yeah. And he was doing direct of fucking video movies by then. That's exactly what that genre is called. Uh, yeah, I know. Direct a fucking video. In February <laughs> of 1997, DTFV. <laughs> Lama Penora Rinpoche <laughs> from the Palo Monastery announced that Seagal was a tulku and se- specifically the reincarnation. No, he called him a tool. That's no, what I said. I'm like, it's well, lost very, in translation. Wait, it's not very nice. <laughs> this is important. This is important <laughs> stuff here. Some guy. From the monastery in Payol of PayPal announced that Seagal was a Toku, a reincarnation of Chundrag Dori, a, te- a fucking dragon. A seventeenth century Turton of the He's a Yingma, dragon shit. And the oldest sect of Tibetan Buddhism. Oh, okay. Well there you go. That's good. Mm-hmm. <coughs> this this Happy Days are here again. This apparently Aroused some controversy in the American Buddhist community. Oh, fuck. With Helen. Goddamn American Buddhist. Twerkov commenting in Tricycle magazine. (laughs) (laughs) And and punching that the extent of Seagal's spiritual wisdom and suggesting that Seagal bought his Buddhahood by donations to Penor's. Kunzan Payola Trolling Center. I think you just made that entire paragraph up. <laughs> He's trolling. Penor Winproche responded to the controversy by saying that Seagal... I'm going to be playing video games for the next time. Although <laughs> acting in violent <laughs> movies had not actually killed people. Excuse me. So apparently Seagal has not actually killed people in movies despite those people That's being... That's not true. Because basically he made a... Concerted effort starting with his second movie, Not to Kill People, but he still did. That's the second movie. It's called Not to Kill People. Whereas Seagal was merely recognized, whereas enthronement as a tolku would require first a lengthy process of study, absenteeism, practice, and anal cleansing. Paul, let's get to the movie. Nope. I'm playing I'm now. Sorry. What was that last one? Uh, Say it again. Anal cleansing. Cleanse the bodies of. Can't hear you. You gotta cleanse the bodies of mal nurses, some bacteria and stuff. Mm, just actually, are in colon. No impurities, impure impurities. Yeah. So it brings us to Seagal's first movie here on Holy Action Movie March. Fuck around. Action Movie March. Okay, so <laughs> Above the Law released April eighth, nineteen eighty eight, and if you're still awake at this point in time, you would know that was two days before his birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday, Stephen. Good job, man. As he was born April 10th, 1952, apparently. Nobody fucking gives a shit. Uh, it released at, uh, it made $2 million opening uh, in eighth place. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, total income, total gross was 18.8, which was 56 for the year. Yeah. It mm. opened up against Bad Dreams, which uh, I actually watched that movie <coughs> this week. It's on Amazon if you want to watch it. And the subsequent sequel is uh, Nightmares. And then uh, 18 again. Mm. Do you remember that one? Yes. Okay, thanks. Um, the other movies that were running at the si- at the same time was uh, Beetlejuice, Biloxi Blues, mm. uh, The Seventh Sign, Bright Lights, Big City, Ooh. The Fox and the Hound, Ooh, Good, wow. Morning, Good Morning Vietnam, Moonstruck, and Johnny movie. Be Good. Great movie. Good Morning Vietnam is a great movie. I, w- I always love it when we have these movies, and they're like, yeah, it's running all against all these other movies that are now classic. Oh, yeah. Right, and that's why <laughs> I wanted to make sure. No, I think that the reason that this one didn't do as well is this was his first yep. one, so nobody knew who the fuck he was. But he basically, the second week, it went way up Yeah. Um, in comparison. Right. Because of word of mouth. Word. Uh, I think that's, that's all my intro stuff. I have um, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times stated, Okay, so (laughs) Andrew Davis, who was the director of this movie, was fired from Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man, which is why he ended up doing this film. Uh, He collaborated once again with him on Under Siege. So Not this the was best move in his career. <laughs> partially uh, written and di- you know obviously directed by Andrew Davis. Uh, he also did Code of Silence, mm. uh, The Fugitive. Can't hear anything with that, huh? What? Huh? Yeah. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Yeah. Code of Silence. I can't hear you. Oh, you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. The Fugitive, Chain Reaction, A Perfect Murder, Collateral Damage, Holes, and The Guardian. <laughs> That's Disney's Holes. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing down in Disney's holes, but <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so, somebody actually came up with a movie called Holes. You've never heard of Holes? There's <laughs> no. the fucking movie with uh, uh, what's that dude's name? The one from Transformers, the original Transformers guy. Optimus Prime? <laughs> the guy, the kid that fucking was in Transformers. Sheila Bow? The one yeah, Sheila LaBeouf. <laughs> that's like that's She-Bow. Optimus Prime's career after Transformers. Yes. <laughs> he 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 started by digging oh, holes in the fucking desert and then he became Roll out oh, the leader of the Autobots. You got it. <laughs> Fucked hard. Um <laughs> I got something for you. Okay, good. Roger Eber of the Chicago Sun. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> so it contains 50% more plot than it needs, <laughs> but that allows the room to grow in areas not ordinarily covered in action thrillers. All right. So did he give it a thumbs up? Hold on. No. We're getting to the thumbs. Got, got some more commentary by Roger Eber of the Chicago Sun-Times. The Seagal doesn't look or sound like a professional actor either, but he's effective in his film debut. His voice has a certain quality to it, like Richard Gere's, that suggests he sometimes would rather keep talking after he barks out typical action dialogue. He's physical enough to create a believable menace in the violent scenes, and yet we can believe that sensitivity coexists with brutality in his makeup. Is he indeed Hollywood's hottest new action star? Who knows? But he has the stuff. That was uh, Roger Ebert's uh, (laughs) Chicago Sun-Times. Um... Yeah, 
So Rotten Tomatoes gives the film a score of 53% based on reviews of 17 critics. Hmm. Audience polled by <laughs> Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. That's not too bad. Uh, Steven Seagal said that Nico Toscani was his favorite of his first five roles. No, oh, really? Yes, that would include Under Siege. Really? Which is fucking weird because, you know, he wrote Under Siege, so you would think that he would write a character that he fucking liked. It's, it's kind of weird because, you know, I watched this movie, and first off, it's 1988. It's like, that damn, I was only 11. Like, yep. I don't remember. Like, I didn't realize that he started making movies that early. You know, to me, he started with Under Siege. And then as we explore, which is the purpose of the podcast, <laughs> that Seagal does have an extensive record of movies. Yeah. Then he's back to 1988 with this movie, <laughs> Above the Law. And as I watched it, I was like, this is the most generic cop movie ever. It really is. It really is. There's not – it doesn't step out of bounds all that much. It's the same buddy cop film that you've seen a million times, the buddy in this one being Pam Greer. Pam Greer of 70s uh, black movie fans. Yes. The, I, I had it listed as the queen of black exploitation. Okay. I didn't mean to steal your thought. Yeah, but that's okay. You did. I did. So, fuck okay. off. Um a couple of her black exploitation films were uh, Women in Cages, Black Mama, White Mama. Coffee uh-huh. is her biggest Coffee, role. that's a big movie right there, yes. Uh, Scream, Blackula Scream, which, of course, is the sequel to the movie that I've been promised that we would uh, review for fucking three years yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown, yes. That was much later, though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no, no that's an earlier one. Uh, Friday Foster was another one that she was the titular character in. Mm-hmm. She was the titular character in Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that was pretty much the end of her black exploitation films, though. After yeah, that, the she 70s kind of died out. The 70s died out. She got into actual acting. Uh, she did a movie. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, that's a great movie because it's, it's, it's actually one awesome of my favorite movie. authors of all time. Right. Uh, Ray Bradbury. Yes. Um, and the movie holds it's up. It's great. I've Ray watched it recently. I still love that fucking movie. For anybody who wants to become an author, <laughs> I recommend reading about Ray Bradbury when he did. He's a fantastic author. Something with it, Wicked Way, This Way Comes is one of my favorite books of all time. I just, I love that movie, too. Oh, right yeah. It's, it's a phenomenal movie. I think, movie. Did, did Disney produce that movie? Was it, or was it just Ray Bradbury? I can't remember, because they, Disney does some weird things like that. I don't, I'm not sure if they were, Actually, if it was a Disney film I'm or thinking not. I'm of Escape the Witch Mountain. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> But that was um, about aliens and shit. No, this one I don't think it was. No, I think it wasn't it was about Ray Bradbury. No, this was yeah, Ray, Ray Bradbury. Something wicked this way comes during Pam Greer is about this like traveling. It's circus. a traveling circus yeah. that grants wishes. That you know, of course, it's the monkey's paw type thing. Yes, but it's pretty fucking good. It's great. It's great. Uh, it's she also did uh, Class of 1999, which was. It was an exploitation film. Mm-hmm. It was a trauma film. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently, she was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I don't really remember don't her. Remember she was in the hell scene. She played one of the, uh, she played the teacher in the hell scene. You know they didn't allow trauma films in uh, Blockbuster? Yeah, yeah, except for, I watched that documentary yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, the last Blockbuster. It's a, it's a decent, it's decent documentary. It's not good. It's not bad. The problem is, you know, I, I'm sure most of you who are listening to this remember you know, the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s, when VH1 started doing those stupid fucking celebrity pop-up shows. Yes. And it was always, we're going to put a video on or we're going to do, you know, show you the top 25 movies or whatever, and they would pop in and say their little 10 cents about yeah. whatever the fucking topic Some was. See actors and actresses. Yeah. 
That's Nobody what cared. this fucking. That's what this was. This yeah. movie was exactly what that was. Yeah. I mean, the only difference is, is, I mean, I guess Kevin Smith has a little more credibility. Yeah. Uh, th- then they had a uh, what's his name, Dan Posner. Posner, Funches um, was on there. Funches is in there, but those guys are. I mean, really, at this point, they're more or less just podcasters. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Posner in anything recently. And then that one fucking guy can't stand the, the, the pothead. Um, fucking, he did Super Jaime. Oh, and he did, yeah. he had a big, huge part in the movie where he actually goes to the last blockbuster and everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Yeah, he's annoying. I think... I know you're talking about. There were sections of the movie that were informational that were very good. But for the most part... But f- a lot of those, like, pop-up video type, oh, yeah. let me talk about my experience yeah. with fucking blockbusters. It's too long. Yeah, dude, it, it, it was annoying. You could have... Like you're, you're right. It, you could have cut 45 minutes yeah. out easily. Easily. So, um, yeah, you're right. Th- this movie is very cut and dry. This movie's forgettable. Like, it's forgettable. And it has the same movie poster as our, our movie we're covering next. And then, and I don't. I'm not going to say that I hate it. I mean, I think that it's fine. What's up? Uh, not that that's distracting or anything. Um, I'm not going to say that it's it's a bad movie. I mean, just, it was. It's just blah. It's, it's just, just blah. I mean, middle of the road between this movie and his next movie, like the amount of notes that I have. Or like the amount of notes out for the next movie is just ridiculous. Right. There's so much to laugh at. Uh, it did say that uh, after the film opened, after this film came out, Aikido experienced a wide world, a worldwide boom, including Seagal's L.A. Dojo. He had a oh. dojo in L.A. at the time. It was a you know because he had a house in in L.A. as well as in Louisiana and somewhere Colorado. Else. If you were if you were paying attention, yeah, I, I was saying it was in Colorado. So um, Colorado. They said that Aikido, Actually, a dude ranch in you know, became something after this movie came out, which is, you know, it did possible. Uh, you know, the it looked the Aikido in the movie looked like it would be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get to the next movie that we're reviewing, Hard to Kill, I think that the the level oh, of believability That's goes so way down. It's so good. But the first movie was very believable. Oh my god, the second movie is so good. Um. I swam in that uh, movie. Pam Greer said that this was her favorite movie because it showed off her acting skills. Because she does, I mean, she plays the hard ass, mm-hmm. um, but she's also like, it's kind of a weird, weird scenario because, s- scenario, sorry. Fuck you. Mika, scenario. Whenever she listens to these podcasts and you say that, she always. I, I haven't said it in so long. That's why it slipped out. I've been very conscious about like not saying it because of your Same wife. Karaoke. Uh, so anyway, Craig um, farted in the middle of the party singing karaoke. It was terrible. Craig did. Craig did. Yeah, Craig. Oh, Craig. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ripped a okay. fart and just. I don't know. I went upstairs because it got very annoying. Um, you don't say. Yeah. No you think shit. I felt? You were the one that was annoying everyone. So I I don't know how you felt. Felt great. <laughs> uh. Glad we had that Dude, you fucking killed my train of thought on this. <laughs> oh, uh, she played... The the weird you know, part about know, this you know, is this 1988... Speaking of train of thought, Steven Seagal was in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, which featured a train. Thank you. So, um... <clears throat> cocksucker. You're a cocksucker. I swear to Christ. <laughs> anyway. He's a Buddhist. <sighs> I'm going to try to emulate Steven Seagal this month and, you know, be a Buddhist and not take offense to that. Uh, fuck off. Talking trash about my singing. Yeah, anyway. Uh, 
I sang Christmas. It was Christmas. 1988, and every it was like every cop wanted her. You know, she she's a black woman. Obviously, yes. everybody knows she's a black yes. woman. But it, I mean, didn't you find that a little weird, especially with today? Them saying that you know this this is such a racist fucking country and every you know whites hate fucking blacks and all this other stupid shit. But even as far back as 1988, you were seeing where that you know didn't matter yeah. whatso fucking ever. Right. I mean, it, it didn't matter to me. I was dating a black woman in fucking 1988, so yes. it definitely didn't bother me. Wait a second. I thought you were from Pasadena. Yeah. Well, there's not that many. So no, I'm just saying Pasadena. We're a bunch of racists here. Remember that. <laughs> You know, oh, we're, we're, no, we're, I guess that's true. You know, we got to well, remember we, that's we're a bunch what, of racists here. That's part of being Gibson Island's trash heap, apparently. So. Oh, yeah. That's right. Forgot about Fuck that, that, too. that guy. Um, they said that uh, a bunch of scenes needed to be cut from this movie to get the R rating. I guess there oh, was yeah. too much violence. I, I, I mean, besides the church bomb, the bomb that was like two feet in diameter but blew up half the church. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That that just, I guess they paid attention to AEW's last pay per view. Oh. <laughs> Freaking terrible. Oh Christ! Dolores uh, Jax Jackson. They put a, they spent a lot of time into giving her that nickname. Jax, yeah. Jax Jackson. I mean, was it really necessary to give her a first name? No, no. She's a cop. You don't call. I mean, did anybody call her Dolores? I don't know. I don't remember I don't, anybody I don't, saying I Dolores. So. I don't think so. Um. So, I, I mean, it's really a forgettable movie. It really is. I mean, other than, uh, you know, Pam Greer, you had uh, Henry Silva. Henry Silva. Played Kurt Zogon. Zogon, mm-hmm. some bullshit. Ron Dean, mm-hmm. who played Detective Lukic. The only reason I list him is because Ron Dean apparently is in every single Andrew Davis film. Oh, yeah? Yeah, every movie that Andrew Davis directed, this dude was in well, it. we did talk about that in our archives. I'm sorry, in a repository about how Hollywood is this incestual cesspool of incest. Know, incest. Yeah. Where they give each other the same role. Yeah, you'd have to go all the way back to our fucking first, first podcast. Uh, predator. Right? Yeah, we talked so, about. So that. is the NFL, by the way. Yeah, it is. How yeah. many? How many? How many loser coaches <laughs> left their team, landed on another team, and then just sucked there? You can say the like, same oh, thing <laughs> about politicians going to become lobbyists for organizations. But can we finally, you know, debunk the fact that Bill Belichick is a good coach? Can we finally say that it was uh, completely he's on his way. I think next year if nothing changes, then okay. But but what Tom Brady did with with the uh I mean, Gronk wasn't that big of a deal last year, but it's like he took he took a team that was upper, like it was good, but he won I mean, he won the Super Bowl. I and mean, that's like usually Dude, they didn't you, make the playoffs, did they? The year before, uh, I don't think they Tampa did. Tampa Bay. I don't. I'm not that much of an NFL fan, remember. so I can't really remember. Right. But I, I don't remember right. them being like a big deal the year before. Yeah, but the, pa- the Patriots. But see, of course, a lot of people said the Patriots are in a, or, are in a weak division, and I think they are. So that's why the the Patriots did so well because the competition was was so terrible. Oh yeah, yeah the Jets have sucked for years. Jets, the Dolphins, Dolphins have not been great. Uh, the Bills have been <clears> on and off good. But, you know, you could really see how they, you know, dominated this year when yep. once uh, you didn't have to play fucking Tom Brady. Twice. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, if next year nothing changes, then, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It was Tom Brady and not Bill Belichick. <laughs> so we'll see. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, 
getting back to the movie, you had uh, Henry Silva, uh, Ron Dean, Daniel Ferrado, who played Tony Silvano. Uh, he apparently just did nothing with his career, just TV spots and fucking bit roles. That was it. Uh, and then Sharon Stone, which, of course, everyone knows from, uh, you know, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. That's her biggest movie, I believe. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I think that's the one she's going to go down. Uh, down in history down for. In history. Wasn't she in a movie with Schwarzenegger? Uh, yes, Total Recall. Total Recall. There you go. Um, she was also Total in. Recall yet? King Solomon's Mines, oh, Alan Quarterman and the Lost yeah. City of Gold. What's up? Close to your mic. Wait, turn off my uh, uh, action, oh, Jackson. Oh, your gain is a little bit up. I yeah. don't. I don't want to pick up Paul in your mic. It's okay. He's got his own. Total Recall. He said, she said. <laughs> We're. <sl> You're <laughs> fucking asshole. Some movie called Basic Instinct. What's that? What's that about? I don't know, but apparently she was duped into doing the most famous scene in her entire career. That's that's apparently come to light. Serving an ice cream cone or something? She's also in the sequel of Basic Instinct. Not that many people saw the sequel of Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct? Advanced Instinct. <laughs> Medi <laughs> moderate Instinct. <laughs> Mediocre Instinct? <laughs> you you stink? I don't know. Somewhere. This beer tastes like Myrtle Beach. Uh, I always drink this shit, beer down yeah. Myrtle Beach. I love it. It's gross. It tastes like suntan and... White trash. Sliver. Woo. <laughs> 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 she was also in Lax a Last Action Hero. She was? Yeah, apparently. She re she was Catherine Trammell in Last Action Hero. Oh. We got we to gotta do that movie, too. I think that's an underrated Schwarzenegger movie here on yeah. uh, Action Movie March. Except the fucking kids. Just so annoying. You need ass. The daughter's fucking hot as balls, yeah, though. I don't remember who it was, but I remember her being hot. The Specialist. Uh, the Quick and the Dead Casino. That was a good. I like the Quick and the Dead. Yeah, and that was kind of her. We forgot that Western movie April. Oh <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> Jesus Christ! You don't need to. Whatever. Fucking Casino. One of the worst action. Sci-fi, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Casino is not. Well, what about May? Drama December. What about May? <laughs> We're skipping May. May. <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> Alpha Dog, The Disaster Artist, and most recently she was in the Netflix show Ratchet. <laughs> so her career's taking a turn for the worse. I think it's been on a downturn since, you know, at least since Catwoman. Since she was duped? Since she was duped. Yeah. that She had no fucking career, basically, playing bit roles <laughs> in these movies. Until... Until she shows her fucking beeve, and then she says, oh, I was duped into doing that. How's that, how's that dupe money? <laughs> Fucked hard. Exactly. Christ it's amazing man. how when the dupe money the dupe 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 money dries dollars. up, yeah, right. suddenly she's been Wait duped. a second. They fooled me. <laughs> Even though I saw the screen We're waiting test. for El Elizabeth Berkeley's next book. Mm. I was duped. Jesse. Jesse. But she wasn't duped on uh, Showgirls. She was duped on Saved by the Bell when she was doing the uh, I'm So Excited singing well. in the the episode where they were trying to show that they were conscious of uh, what what was it that she was taking? 
It wasn't amphetamines. It was. Uh, it was. It was the don't it caffeine was, pills. It was the don't do drugs episode. Yeah, the don't do yeah. drugs. She was drinking jolt soda. She's drink. She's doing fucking caffeine pills to stay awake, mm-hmm. and she started singing. I'm so excited because that was ridiculously bad, mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. One of the most uncomfortable scenes in television. We history. should all make. We should all write books that say we were duped. Just randomly. I was duped. I was duped. You know, uh, and a series called uh, "We Don't duped. Take Responsibility <laughs> for Ourselves." Yes. Uh, and we could just write books, and then we can get millions on writing the books that we were, you know. Duped book one. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do. Make millions of pesos. The one time I went to summer camp, I was duped. Duped. They told me that it was an initiation. Well, but I couldn't <laughs> sit for a whole week. It was horrible. Yeah, everyone was yeah, doing it. I feel bad for that carrot. Hopefully, they didn't serve it tonight. You know, one of the most depressing times of my life is my parents bought me this ET watch. As I was yeah, almost I would have been fucking depressed I about that too. I had this ET that you know it was just a, it was a face of ET in the middle was a digital readout, and we were playing well, the this thing, game. There was a finger, a red finger. When you look at it, poked you in the eye. Yes, and I could fly. Was it kind of like the Mickey Mouse watch, where his arm got to you know three fifteen? It looked like Mickey had a hard on. No, I. I don't have that watch. Okay. I'd like to have that watch, but I don't have that watch. Gotcha. I think it'd be funny if I had that watch. So, anyway, so we're playing because I was at Downs Park camp, and we we're playing this game with like water buckets where you had to soak up all this water with a sponge and then like run across the field and dump it in a dry bucket. Well, I didn't know that my water wasn't my watch wasn't water resistant. Oh, you fucking so I put it in there. You know, I'm playing. I look down, and no longer I was so depressed. I think I got it for Easter or something. It's I was so depressed. My ET watch. Duped. Sad stories of being. I was so depressed. You know, you just ruined as your kid. It ruined your entire day. By the way, real quick, did did Ayana expect anything from the leprechaun on St. Patrick's Day? No. Are you fucking kidding? No, no, no. no. We had kids at school who told Kaylin that they were going to get presents from the leprechaun, and they did. And she was upset that she didn't get anything. And did you the, tell her she's not Irish? There's a meme. Well, there was a meme going on the internet going, you, you or on Twitter, like you, you parents who told your, you got your kids leprechauns. Yeah, we hate you. <laughs> yeah. it, and like I, fucking stupid. Leprechauns stupid. don't bring presents. They just don't. No, they have pots of gold and they try to kill you if you take it. Yep. Yeah, it's very violent. I've seen the movie. That's yeah. what I fucking did for. That's it. No <laughs> more. I'm not going into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. See, that's a story we can put on our uh, our, our paid access website <laughs> we develop. Yes. You mean the GeoCities page we have up? That's right. Patheon. Patheon. It's our new uh, pay service, Patheon. Yeah. It's called Pay Me Bitchathon. Pay- okay, so we're going to talk about this movie? <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. Dude, there's nothing else to fucking say. It's a boring movie. What do you give what, it, Paul? My grade? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say right down the middle, I'm going to give it a fucking five. Oh, oh. Not just a five. A fucking An five. explicit of five. Yeah, well, you have to because it was rated R. Yeah. Is it going to elaborate on this? I mean, you got to elaborate. Dude, I mean, said, how many times do I have to say this movie is not horrible? It's watchable. It's okay. just like every other fucking buddy film in the 80s every other cop fucking buddy it's film. it's it's not ex- outstanding you know they the only bit that's even even a little bit better is you know you have the aikido in it which is kind of a step up in one direction yeah. but then you and you have pam greer which i love pam greer but yes, absolutely honestly beyond that the story is so fucking basic generic and Generic 80s cop action Sharon movie. Stone, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say fucking 
we have to get into, especially in the next movie. Oh, we're going to get how no one, no woman. Now, Pam Greer is an exception. She's definitely an exception in this film. But I've watched a ton of fucking Steven Seagal movies lately, obviously. Uh, and uh, no women in his fucking movie can fucking act. None of them. They can't act for shit. And Pam Greer is the only exception. So five, bitch. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, well, it's because you're a pussy. I'm going to give it a four. A real man would give it a five. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, well, that's because you're a limp dick piece of shit. Tom? I get a five scoops of vanilla ice cream out of ten. See? There it is, motherfucker. He said vanilla because it's plain. Yeah, ah, it is. Plain. Yeah, see. Yeah, plain. A little bit of chocolate syrup on there. A little bit of there. chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Why were we both thinking at the same time? Because <laughs> so right. Pam Greer's on the mind, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. All righty. Let's see here. I had like ten minutes with fucking Pam Greer. Just ten. She beat the fuck out of me and threw me out of the room. What would you ask her? <laughs> what was it like to film Scream Blackula Scream? That's that's my question. There you go. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. All right, let's uh let's get ra- some of that sweet wrap chocolate this, titties. Let, let's wrap this week up. Hope we just did. We uh, did. We gave it the scores. All it's, right, so it's wrapped. Um, next week we'll be back on an action movie March with uh, Hard to Kill. Hard to stupid. Kill. I can't. I don't know why you're having a hard time with apart. this. Because it's it's fucking hard it's to hard. kill. It's the one you've been looking forward oh, to. Oh, so looking forward. One you've been waiting for. All right, so uh, it's not even the best of the four. Fucking Glimmer Man is much worse. <laughs> There's some parts in this. I got a bunch of notes with this one. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>